0: Hello, welcome to A Kid on a Mission. This is your host, Caleb. Today I will be talking to a missionary that has been doing amazing work where God has called them. I'm so excited to see how God will use this story to inspire you. So here we go. Hello, welcome to A Kid on a Mission. Today I will be talking with Scott Klein, a chaplain in the military. Fun fact, he's also my uncle. It is a privilege to sit down with him and my cousins to understand better this ministry. I'm going to do it one more time just in case if telling and K don't come in and I can just edit this.
1: Okay.
0: Hello, welcome to the Kid on a Mission. Today I'll be. Oh, oops. Hello, welcome to Kid on a Mission. Today I'll be talking with Scott Corrin, a chaplain in the military. Fun fact he's also my uncle. It's a privilege to sit down with him and to understand better this ministry. What does a chaplain do, Well, Scott?
1: Hey, Caleb. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Really excited about it. So what does a chaplain do? That's a good question. A military chaplain actually does several different things. Uh, For starters, a military chaplain would do a lot of what you would think that a pastor would do. So think of what your pastor does at, at your church. What does he do?
0: Um, he preaches to us.
1: He... Right. So there's mm-hmm. preaching. So like every military base has a chapel. They, they call it a chapel, not a church typically. And so the chaplains will take turns preaching on Sunday mornings at the service that's there and helping to lead worship. They might also do other things that your pastor would do. Like there's, there would be men's Bible studies or stuff throughout the week for people, and chaplains would help organize and lead those. Uh, the chaplains also do like your pastor probably does counseling too, if if people want to talk to the pastor about something going on in their life. And chaplains also do uh, do a lot of counseling as well. So that's so in some ways, being a chaplain, there's a lot of similarities to being a pastor. But a chaplain does some other stuff too. So chaplains also um, it, handle what's called religious accommodation requests. So any member of the military, if the military tells them to do something or there's a, a, a law for the for their branch of service or a procedure that because of their, their religious beliefs, they don't think that they can do, then they would go talk to a chaplain about it. And a chaplain would help uh, make sure that uh, the members of the military have their religious accommodations met at, at all possible. So that's a whole other thing that doesn't usually happen in churches that, that chaplains deal with. Uh, chaplains also help out with morale uh, of, of all of the, the the soldiers on a base. So the chaplains are responsible for gauging that. And then a big thing chaplains do, they call it unit engagement, uh, which means that instead of sitting around in the chapel all day waiting for people to come to them, chaplains, they're supposed to walk around uh, and get to know all the people that are on their base and be friendly with them and, and uh, find out how they're doing and how they can pray for them, stuff like that. So chaplains do a lot of different things. And then there's a lot of administrative work too that sometimes goes into it.
0: Uh-huh. Um, how did you become a chaplain and what was it like?
1: Well, you know, I just became, so I think you may know that when I was 18, I joined the coast guard. So I left okay. for high school. I went into the military full time. So I joined and then I served about 10 years before getting out and I've been out totally for about 10 years, pastoring churches, as you know, in a couple different States. So it wasn't until this year that I actually got back into the Air Force as a chaplain and so i I don't have a lot of experience to tell you what it was like I will say I was gone for two months this summer to um, to get trained up to help be a chaplain and that was an interesting experience uh, it was like going back to boot camp in a way and uh, I don't know how much you know about boot camp but there's some fun things about it, but most of the time, it's not that much fun. A lot of early mornings, getting up, being part of the military. They want you to have military discipline, they call it. And you know the military prides itself on having a lot of discipline and, and, and being in good physical shape and respecting authority and observing traditions that go back decades and hundreds of years sometimes. So you learn all about that stuff, becoming a chaplain. Um, you got to learn about your branch of service. You need to know. For, so for the Air Force, I had to learn a whole bunch of Air Force history. Um, when I would join the Coast Guard, a part of what you have to learn all about the Coast Guard and its history. So whatever service you're in, you need to learn all that stuff. So it's not just learning about the Bible or stuff like that. You need to learn other things about your service that will help you be a good officer as well.
0: Uh, um, What is unique and different about life in the military?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, life in the military—that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to do a chaplain as a reservist. I mean, I don't do it full time; I only do it part time. Um, the military life—it's—it's uh, it's an interesting—it's an interesting place. Uh, if you let me think of how to answer that. For one thing, in the military, you—most people move around a lot. So when you're in the military, every three years, sometimes sooner than that, you move to a totally new place and start your life over. And so, um, because of that, sometimes that's exciting. Like when I was in the Coast Guard, I moved to Connecticut, then I moved to Hawaii, then I moved to Illinois, then I moved to California. So some, some of it's exciting. You get to see new places, do new things, but after a while, it, it, it's hard, you know, people in the military, sometimes it, it's harder for them to develop roots. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like when you, you've lived in Arizona your whole life, right? So you probably have friends that you've known since you were one years old. So in the military, it's hard to make friendships that are that deep because every couple of years, if you're in the military a long time, you're moving all the time. And so that creates a certain culture uh, that, I think people, a lot of people struggle with loneliness, particularly some of the single people uh, who, are, who are moving around all the time without families because it's hard to make friendships. Um, it's, um, now what else do I want to say about the military? There's a whole different set of laws that you live in when you're in the military. So it's called the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It's It's a Yeah, it's a rule book for people only in the military and it's different. A lot of it is similar to like laws you have to obey as an American citizen. You can't murder somebody, you can't do stuff like that. But a lot of the the laws in UCMJ are very, very unique to being in the military and people not in the military, it wouldn't even make sense to them. So for example, let me think of an example. So if you're not in the military and you don't like your job, you can just quit, right? You can just not show up to work. And what will happen to you if you do it? Nothing. Nothing, right? Basically, basically nothing except in a few maybe extreme cases depending on what your job is. But most of the time you get you get fired, you quit. But if you don't show up to work in the military, you know what they call that? What? They call that absence without leave. They call it AWOL. And that's you can be punished up to death for that if it's in a time of war or in an extreme time. But you can go to jail for that. They'll throw you in jail if you're out. You can't just quit the military. You sign a contract and you're in and if you, you try to get out, like you, you can't. So that's very different, right, than, than most people. There's also uh, a law in the UCMJ about insubordination. So most people, if you're not in the military, you don't like your boss, you can probably tell them what you think of them. You might lose your job. You might not be employed there any longer, but you're not going to get in. A lot of trouble but in the military we have a it's very strict rank structure and if there's someone who's higher ranking than you and you don't like them you got to be very careful because there's a clause in the UCMJ about insubordination and you can you can get put in jail you can lose pay uh, if you disrespect a senior officer or someone senior so there's all these unique laws to living in the military that don't that are just different from being an ordinary American citizen. There's other things, but those are some of the differences.
0: Uh, um, what is different about raising kids as an army chaplain?
1: Well, um, I think the hardest thing. Now, fortunately for me, I mean, I know some people that are active duty, they're full-time chaplains. The, the hardest thing about being in the military in general is that uh, you're gone a lot not only does your whole family move every couple of years, and so your, your kids have a harder time making friends sometimes because they're just starting in new places all the time, but you, like my, my buddies who are active duty, they, every couple of years at, a, at, at, the, at, at the most, they have to leave their family, like be totally gone for sometimes up to six, seven months at a time. That's, they call that a deployment. So if you're in the military, you typically have to deploy. And that's really hard on families. That's one of the reasons why we need good chaplains in the military, because there's a lot of loneliness and it's hard on families uh, because dads, and sometimes moms are the ones deploying. They're gone a lot and, and uh, that, that just creates challenges. So that's you know you, this past summer, I was gone for two months. So for 60 days, I was gone on a small deployment and I didn't see Tenley or Kate. I didn't see Aunt Lindsay, and that was hard. That that was no fun. You know, so that's one of the hardest things about you know being, I think, a, cha- a chaplain. That's that's very different from being a, a normal pastor. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how did you get trained to be a chaplain?
1: Well, you get trained to be a chaplain the same way you get trained to be a pastor. So I had to go to 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 seminary, they call it, which is to get a a degree, a master's degree in theology. So I spent three years in school in California, studying the Bible and theology, uh, writing papers, you know, doing all that stuff. And so at the end of that, you get what's called a master of divinity. And every chaplain has to have, outside of really unusual circumstances, to be a chaplain, you have to have your master of divinity. And you have to be part of a church that has, where you've served as a pastor for at least two years. At least that's what the Air Force requires. So you have to have gone to seminary and you have to have been in ministry at least two years before they'll accept you to serve as a chaplain. But I've, I've done that. And so I was able to go through the process. Then you get recommendations from people. I had to go through interviews with other chaplains. They would ask me questions to see if I would be a good fit uh, to be a chaplain. And then and so I did that about a year ago.
0: Uh, um, do you know any other chaplains?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I met a lot this summer. Not a lot. I met maybe about 15. Uh, one guy I met is right now, he is actually a Catholic chaplain. So he's a priest, but he's a full-time chaplain. Now, now he's over in Turkey for a year uh, where he can't leave the base at all. So he's doing some tough duty there. Uh, I met another chaplain who's uh, uh, a guy like me, and he's in Florida now, uh, serving a base down there. One of my buddies from seminary is a Navy chaplain, and uh, I'm not sure what he's doing right now. So yeah, I know I know a, a couple others.
0: Uh, have they um, told you how they experienced persecution? and What does that look like?
1: Persecution because they're a chaplain. Mm-hmm no i don't think anyone i know has experienced persecution um for being a chaplain it's interesting you know because as a chaplain you are allowed by our constitution and and by basically the, the way they set up chaplaincy the laws of chaplaincy every chaplain has the right, just like every citizen has the right to to hold on to their religious beliefs. And so even though some of my religious beliefs as a Christian chaplain might be, some people in the military might find that offensive because they wouldn't like what I, they don't like what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to change, like I'm protected at least right now uh, by the service and by the constitution to be able to, to preach what my, my ordaining body, which is the Presbyterian Church in America, uh, teaches and you know what we believe the Bible says, without fear of losing my job or anything like that. Now, that doesn't mean that some people don't try to get chaplains in trouble when they say things that people don't like. But so far, out, outside of a few very small circumstances, chaplains have been protected, and we should pray that that continues to, to happen, because if they change that and chaplains aren't now free to... Preach what they what the Bible teaches, then a lot of chaplains, all of, well, a lot of them are going to get out of the military altogether, and that won't be good for the men and women of the armed forces if that happens. So hopefully they they won't do that. But um, so I so I guess I don't know anyone personally that's experienced intense persecution. Um, we'll see what the next couple of decades bring, but I, I hope that 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 will all always be able to have the freedom to to believe and say what the Bible says even if some people don't like it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Can you share a time that you knew God was speaking to you and what did he say?
1: Uh, Well related to the chaplaincy I mean one of the things I mean I really wrestled about whether or not God wanted me to go become a chaplain because I've been a pastor the last 10 years and becoming a chaplain part-time, that was a major commitment. Um, I had to leave my family for two months as I just told you, and it's, you know, we're we're already busy. So we, you know, my Lindsay and I, your aunt Lindsay and I, we had to pray a lot and seek God's, you know, is God are you really, should I really, you know, become an air force chaplain or should I just not do it and stay stay a pastor full time and do nothing else and so we we did a lot of praying and we asked a lot of people that we knew some chaplains some people in the ministry about what that would look like and I think on the whole uh, I mean God we felt that God was leading us to take the step to do this at least for now and maybe that will change and the next couple of years but for now this is where we feel god led us so yeah uh, um
0: and what are some of the foods that you had to eat when you're um a chaplain
1: oh man don't get me started so at this thing i was at this summer so i wish i could draw you a picture for for those who are listening to the podcast but i'll give you a little taste of what it's like and Initial military training, so it was kind of like basic training. Have you of uh, what basic training is?
0: Uh, no, I don't think
1: so. Basic training when you first join the military, it's when everyone's yelling at you, screaming at you, and you gotta move real fast, do a lot of push-ups, that kind of stuff. But later, I'll later have to show you a movie when you're a little older called Full Metal Jacket, but only when you're older. Don't don't tell your mom or dad that I'm gonna show you that. But when you're old enough, we'll we'll watch that. And in the first thirty minutes of that, there's there's basic training stuff. Um. Anyway, so this thing I was at this summer, so when we we went in to eat, it wasn't like we could lounge around and relax or anything like that. People were watching us. They they called them our drill instructors, our military drill instructors. And they were watching us. And we couldn't talk. And if anyone was talking, they'd come over and start barking at us. And we had 10 minutes exactly to eat. So no matter how much food is on your plate, no matter how hungry you were, you had 10 minutes. Once you sat down, the clock started. And if you were there after 10 minutes, you were getting in trouble. So everyone is just shoveling their food in their face as fast as they can. It was because I, I like to take my time when I eat and eating a huge meal when you're starving in 10 minutes, that's that's not you can do it. Everyone did it, but so all that to say, you don't even really enjoy the food. You don't eat because it's like good. The food is usually not that great. It's not bad, but it was not that great, but you're just shoveling it in your mouth as fast as you can because you gotta, you gotta get done and get out so the next people that are waiting to sit down can sit down. So it was a highly stressful experience to eat. Um, every now and then a buddy of mine, like there'd be these cakes there that were tempting us. And so every now and then we'd get one, but then we really over had time to eat it because by the time we get ready to eat the dessert, 10 minutes was up or you basically got to take the cake and shove it in your mouth and one giant bite, which isn't that enjoyable either.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any missionaries or chaplains that have inspired you in the past?
1: That's a great question. You know, I have some friends out of seminary that, that did chaplain ministry. Um, You know, when I was, at my training this summer, actually, they shared several stories of chaplains who gave up their lives in service um, during previous wars that our country has had. And that was very inspiring, actually, some of them in particular, uh, some of the sacrifices that that chaplains made to, to save the lives of others. There's one Christian chaplain, I don't remember all the details now, I wrote it down, but I, I didn't bring it with me, but it was, I think it was in the 1920s and there was
0: one of our American
1: ships was attacked and it was sinking and he gave up his life jacket and did a lot of other stuff, didn't get off the boat, died so that you know, other people could 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 live, uh, save some of the younger sailors. So yeah, some of that has been inspiring. Um, yeah, good question.
0: What was one of your favorite verses?
1: One of my favorite verses? Oh, that's a good question. I've got a couple. I like there's a verse in First Corinthians fifteen where Paul talks about by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace in me, his grace to me was not in vain, or it won't be without effect. And just saying that because of what God has done for him, he's gonna try to do the best that he can do with the gifts God's given him to to serve him in this life. And um, so that's a verse that's always encouraged me. Another one, I'll give you one more might be, uh, Romans eight thirty-two, which Paul says, speaking about God said, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. If God would give us his son, if, if Jesus would die for us, how will he not also give us all things? Just a good reminder that no matter what's going mm-hmm. on in our life, uh, we can trust God that God is good and that he loves us because he sent Jesus, um, who willingly gave his life for us.
0: Uh, how do most people in the military view and treat chaplains?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. One of the reasons I wanted to become a chaplain is, is because as a chaplain, I'll have the ability and opportunities to talk and get to know people that if I were just a pastor, they would never come into my church mm-hmm. uh, because chaplains still have – yeah, it's strange. There's, there's a, people expect chaplains that even if you don't believe in God and you really, you you don't really care about living a Christian life or anything in the military culture, you still, it's still expected that a chaplain will come around. You got to go, they go out to the unit and chaplains bring morale. They, they help lighten, you know, the military sometimes is not an easy place to be. It's long hours People often work days on end without breaks. And so um, sometimes people are really intense too. So sometimes it's not, it can be a kind of a discouraging place to be. And so chaplains are intended to, to kind of like bring some refreshment. And so people are, even, even non-believers are happy sometimes to see chaplains and are willing to go to talk to chaplains about problems that they would never walk in and see a Christian pastor about. So that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to do it because I like to talk to people and, and get to know people, not just people that believe like you and I do, but people that mm. have questions about God or, or maybe weren't even raised as Christians or I'd never even heard of Jesus. And to be able to get to know people like that, um, there's there's a real opportunity to do that. And there's a there's a need for that.
0: Uh, um, and how much people is, is usually in the service when you preach?
1: You know, that's a good question. This, this particular chapel, I haven't gone, you know, I just started, like I told you. So I'm, I'm going down to preach either in November or December for the first time. So I, I haven't actually been, I, what I heard, cause I asked that question actually when I, I was down there last month, I heard there's about a hundred people that go on Sunday. So it's not really large, but that's actually for military chapel. That's not small either. So that's what I heard. I haven't seen it though. So I'll report back to you.
0: Okay. Um, and how can kids be praying and, uh, and supporting missionaries, including you being a chaplain?
1: Well, you could pray, like I said, pray that chaplains maintain the ability to live out and preach their faith without worrying about the government telling them they can't do that. So pray for religious freedom uh, for chaplains and for all people in our country, really. But pray that chaplains have the freedom to to pastor people according to the Bible, according to God's word. You can pray, you know, the military, like I said, sometimes it's it can be a very hard place. Play pray for Christians in the military, because being in the military full time for several years myself, it's a hard place to be a Christian. The military culture is a difficult environment to live out. Of a vibrant Christian faith. And so it can be very spiritually dark and discouraging. So pray for Christians who serve in the military full time. Pray that their families would be uh, preserved and strengthened, even while their dads are making great sacrifices and sometimes moms too, uh, being gone for six months at a time or seven months at a time. So you can pray for Christians in the military um, and just pray that. People in the military, uh, like we would pray for God's kingdom to come in all areas. Pray that there are people in the in the military that don't that don't know about Jesus that would that would learn about Him and come to love Him and trust Him. Yeah, I think those would be those would be good prayers.
0: Uh, um, what's one of your favorite books to read in the Bible?
1: Books of the Bible. Hmm. I like some of the history. Like, I really like the Book of Exodus. I think that's really interesting. Just all the details about the tabernacle, but also about Moses bringing him to Mount Sinai. So I, li- I like Exodus a lot. Genesis too. So some of those. Yeah, Genesis uh, Genesis got some great stories in it, which yeah. are uh, really great too. So, um, so probably Old Testament. I'd go there. New Testament. I really like Second Timothy. I think that's a great book. Uh,
0: I'm. I, I just read that yesterday.
1: Oh really? Right. The whole book, yeah. Oh, good for you, man. What'd you like about it?
0: Um. Uh, so actually, so we're doing this thing called CC, which is called. You know, it stands for classical conversations, and it's our homeschool group. And go on, it on Fridays. So like yesterday, we went to it, and so um. We're learning about like the area that it's talking about in Second Timothy, like Ephesus, and oh, really? there's so that. That's fun to like know like where all that is on the map, and I and I like how. Well, so I was reading a little bit in First Timothy 2, and it says Jesus says, um, a a doctor doesn't come to help the people who are um well, but the people who need to be healed. Right. So so like he comes to. To the sinners that uh, that need to be saved, so and it was like like we don't uh, an insane kind of like that in First Timothy a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't think of exactly what you're talking about, but I, I know what what you're talking about. What Jesus said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Yeah, Repentance. yeah, that's right. Mhm. So yeah, Second Timothy is a great book, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's several other books of the Bible that I enjoy reading, but uh, those are probably some of my favorites.
0: Uh, And would you like to pray for us?
1: Pray for us right now?
0: Yeah. Well, just for you being a chaplain and just for stuff right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd be happy to pray. Okay. Let's pray. Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity to sit down with my nephew and and talk about military chaplaincy and and Lord, in light of that, we do pray for those who are serving in the armed forces of the United States. We pray for protection on their lives. Um, We pray for, uh, of course, spiritual nourishment and awakening. Uh, Lord, I I do pray for chaplains like myself, but uh, particularly those that are serving active duty, Lord, that you just give them refreshment in you, faithfulness and courage, and just uh, uh, just effective and fruitful ministry in the places where you've called them. Pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work bringing uh, people to faith in Jesus Christ and building your church. So we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To
0: find more information about this missionary, Or to connect or even donate, visit our show notes. They would be happy to hear from you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of A Kid on a Mission. I hope that has inspired you to go be a kid on a mission.